What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Every time he sees that Malcolm Butler play, it, uh, it's like clockwork. Just turn around and hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> like, come on. Seriously. That is the worst play in the history of the National Football League. That might be the worst play I've ever seen in sports. Period. That might be the worst play ever. Dude, turn around and hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch and go home with a trophy. But instead, we going to make Russell Wilson a hero. Ouch. Didn't exactly end up That happening. was the – it makes me so mad because and you didn't have to do, do that. that. Yeah. You didn't have to outsmart yourself. You really didn't. Beast Mode just ripped off chunks for you to get you there. Right, on that drive, yep. And on that – turn around, here you go, buddy. Mm-hmm. Turn around, here you go, buddy. I promise you he was getting in. And I don't need to continue to keep saying it over and over, but – Pete, I'm sure Pete stays up at night thinking about oh. that. How could you not? How could you not? The interesting thing is it's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline, including Jeff Van Gundy, in nine minutes. Jay, you got something? No, I was just going to say that talks about that relationship between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, though, too, Key, right? Like, hey, I'm going to give it to Russell Wilson in this critical moment, and that's something that a lot of players see, and that's the festers in the locker room. Yeah, I it think... It festers in the locker room. I think there was some mention after the game about them wanting to Russell to be the MVP and be the guy, and, but not there. Don't, don't do that to I me. I know. I know, man. But to Jay's point, what's interesting is if you remember what happened right after the game, both of them had each other's backs, right? And th- these guys couldn't be tighter. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, they're like attached at the hip. Yeah, it was a terrible play, but they all said the right things publicly. Yeah, that's fine. How much things have changed right now. You got to imagine there's some tension between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson at this point. He has not demanded a trade according to his agent Mark Rogers, but Adam Schefter is saying there are four teams <laughs> out there that if he would consider a trade, they would look at like those working the- at ESPN. <laughs> Meanwhile, if Cow- CNN hires me. <laughs> Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, Bears. Obviously Watson on the other side too says he wants to go. The Texans are saying you're not going anywhere. Could set a potential heartbreak for both franchises. As Key has mentioned before, the Seahawks just aren't Seattle's team. They're a region. They're the whole Pacific Northwest. And obviously, the Texans here coming upon their 20-year anniversary as a franchise, are you going to let the best player you've ever had go? Setting up fans for heartbreak. In Seattle, if Wilson goes, setting up for heartbreak when and if Watson goes. So this morning's question... Who essentially is getting you ready to break your heart? What fan base is getting ready to break your hearts? Raiders do it all the time, hmm. right? I mean, I'm a, I'm a, a low-key, sneaky Raider fan like you are a Denver Bronco fan. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, because I'm L.A. And, and so, for me, that was my pro team growing up. And every single year, it's like, oh, man, they starting out to – oh, here they go again. Oh, well. And you get that. And I'm sure Clipper fans feel the same way about the Clippers – you know, Angel fans feel the same way about the Angels. Met fans feel the same way mm-hmm. about the Mets. Heartbreak. Dodgers, Dude, I, did, Dodgers did it to me for several years until this past year. <laughs> Yankees, Clippers. I mean, Clippers lost their last three out of five games. They got smacked by the Grizzlies last night. You're like, oh, here. 
Come on, Clip Show. Just get there, please. Let's see what the fellas and the ladies are saying again. What team are you expecting to break your heart? We'll take some calls, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, Key J and Z on Twitter, weighing in on Twitter. John on Twitter, my Atlanta Falcons are the most consistently inconsistent thing in sports. We'll oh. talk about best case, worst case, Jay, for the Falcons in an hour. Yeah, the Falcons are, I mean, they're fine, but they're not fine, right? It's like... This year was not fine for them, Key, you, at you, all. You started to see them kind of take a dip a little bit. Coaches got fired. I thought defensively they played poor. Julio was in and out of the lineup. Matt, Matty Ice played, did as much as he could do. I just want, I, I want to see him. I want to see him leave, though. I don't want to see him in Atlanta anymore. I want to see him have an opportunity to give back to a Super Bowl, go to the San Francisco 49ers. Hell, you made a lot of money. Go to the organization and say, you know what? If you trade me to San Fran, I'll take a pay cut. I just want to get out of here. Go ahead and flex your muscles. How about this? In the Peach State, there's all sorts of issues, huh? Thomas in West Virginia, you're on ESPN Radio. Team or teams, I guess, that are ready to break your heart? Any team from the state of Georgia. I don't care if it's uh, the Braves, the Falcons, the Bulldogs, the Hawks, if they get there. Even the uh, even the soccer team in Atlanta will probably break your heart this year if you cheer for them. Ah, Atlanta that's, United. Wow. That sounds soccer. emotional right there. I feel you on that one, man. So many years the Braves struggled. They got back into the playoffs this yeah. year. But remember those 14 division titles yeah. yielded yeah. one World Series. They won the NL East for 14 straight years with Smokes that type of pitching. Yeah. Maddox, Maddox and Glavin, and right? and Glavin and those guys. One title out of that. I know, but. Georgia football, same thing, right? So close. Georgia Yeah, Georgia football. Huh? So close. I don't think they've won since Herschel Walker. Yeah, back with Vince Dooley in 80. Yeah, so, yeah. so I mean, think about it, right? But they've been there, right? Tua broke their heart. A the few Falcons years ago. have been yeah. to the Super Bowl twice. The. Hawks haven't been there in a long time. Hawks could have had Luka Doncic. The Hawks have fans. I Hawks didn't even realize the, the Hawks, Hawks had Hawks fans. could have had Luka Doncic on their team. The, the Miami Super Bowl, Miami Gate. Jeez. <laughs> and then this pass with, with uh, the New England Patriots. Maj in Philly. Let's head to the callers. Maj in Philly. You're on ESPN Radio. Who's Poor getting Eugene ready? <laughs> yes, sir. Good morning. Hey, what's up? Who's ready to break your heart? Uh, the Sixers and the Eagles. Mm. Well, the Eagles are rebuilding now, so that's over with. That heart is already broken. And then the six, Sixers could be one. I, I've always felt like it's the Nets and the Sixers in the East. Now that we're looking at Tobias uh, out, that's, that could potentially put a, a monkey wrench in the program. Well, you worry about Joel Embiid's health. I, I, I just go back to this. For, I mean, look, Philly's taking a long time to get here. But I always go back to like that draft pick of Markel Fultz. Like Philly could have had Jason Tatum. Like I know we always do this, that so we go through all these like what if scenarios. Like just the fact that Jason Tatum could have been in a 76er uniform, like will always sit wrong with me. Jay, let me ask you this though, uh, just about basketball, because this is how I feel at times about football and, and guys that are considered the the guy, the leader, whatever the case is. If you don't win in basketball, granted one year, right? And Markel mm-hmm. Fultz at Washington, he didn't get his team even into the tournament. Is it do like how do you look at that in hoops? Does it really matter? No, because I mean Ben Simmons didn't get his team into the tournament either, and he's one of your pillars of your franchise, right? Like it's it, man, it takes so much to win. That's why when people always like, you know, a lot of people online when we were having our conversation about Dak and Russell Wilson, be like, well, how many championships has Dak won? I'm like, well. 
Russell Wilson also had a great defense with Cam Chancellor and company. Like, it's a team effort. And I know basketball, sometimes one player can make the world of a difference, but still so many things go into that. So it's more about the potential and what your skill set is ultimately. Okay. I just, I, you know, you just always, like for me, I look at it, Zubin, and I go, well, he didn't really put Washington on his back. So what made them think that him being the number one overall pick was going to put the Sixers on his back? But, you know, unlike guys that are superhuman, like LeBron James, he's won everywhere he's been. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like factoring that into my evaluation when I look at guys yeah. right. in sports. Right. As Jay said, you know, the Yankees, you know, uh, you know, what 11-year playoff drought, a World Series drought, excuse me, they're 11-year World Series drought. Like, some, certain teams would be like, oh, my goodness, we've never even been, like, the Colorado Rockies have never won their division, right? They've never won their division. And now the Yankees fans think an 11-year, 12-year drought as we head into 2021 since their last title in 09. That is it. the same thing with the Lakers. Your Lakers, they had won a title in, oh, my goodness, 10 years. Yeah, but they we had won a title. But we in 10 got 17 years. of them, though, man. Come but on. That, man. But that's where so the key, expectation level flips, right? Key, if you, you factor winning, if you factor winning into who do you draft, do you take Devontae Smith in the top 10? It's different, because though. He, he's a winner. No, no. He's it, a winner, though. And he, he's most prolific wide receiver probably in the history of college football, right? Yeah, but, he, but he's not. He's a winner based on a team, right? But he's not the quarterback. If he was the quarterback, that's a different conversation. He's not the quarterback. He's a receiver. And so he's not touching the ball but four or five times in a game. But, but I, I don't will. see how you don't take him top ten, though, Key. Like, he is a jet. No, I, it depends on what, what like, okay, if, if I'm a team that needs that style wide receiver and I need to move up in order to get him because there's a team at nine or there's a team at eight or a team that is going to move up to get that particular receiver at that particular spot, then maybe I move up to get him. You you understand what I'm saying? But as far as just, you know, saying, oh, because he's there, I'm going to select him. If I don't need him, then no. But if, if I need him, I'll move up to get him. If I think somebody else can get him, you don't want too many Devontae Smiths on the team at that position at receiver. I understand. But like, Miami would need a guy like Devontae Smith, right? If you're trying to think about if Tua is going to be your but franchise QB moving I, forward or also Deshaun, you can package it as well. I'm just saying. But but is Jamar Chase better than Devontae Smith in the eyes of Greer and Flores? Is it, you know, so when you start to look at the receivers, it, do I like Devontae Smith? Do I like Chase? Like, who do I like? Do I like the kid out of Florida? Like, yeah. so, sometimes – you have to look at four or five different guys. Or do I like this guy in the second round and pass on everybody because I'm going to get a guy in the second round that I think is better than those guys? I mean, that's just what happens. Yeah, it's your expectation level. If you've won, you want to continue to win. If you've never won, you just want to win once. It's just the way to look at it. We'll continue to take calls all morning long. Again, 888-ESPN, who's ready to break your heart? 888-729-3776, Key J and Z on Twitter. Let us know. It's a passionate topic for for everyone. At the end of the day, whether you're working in the media or you're calling in, we're all fans at heart. A reminder, today on the ESPN Daily Podcast, midseason takes on the NBA from Zach Lowe from the Low Post Podcast and who's likely to stay on top. Plus, Brian Windhorst update on NBA Top Shot. This is something Jay's been talking about for a little bit. $200 million in and counting. That's the ESPN Daily Podcast. Listen on your favorite podcast app. Time for more NBA chatter.
And here they sit at 16 and 17, last playoff appearance 2012-2013. Actually got to the Eastern Conference semifinals that year. And now playing well under a new head coach, Julius Randle playing out of his mind. And there's excitement again, even if the fans aren't fully there, 19,763 strong. There's still some vibe and energy at Madison Square Garden. So things are looking up for Nick fans who would be in prime position for that heartbreak question, by the way, right? <laughs> they would be in prime position, but things are looking good. Michael K, Michael K Show, ESPN 98.7 in New York, around the sports scene in New York for decades, as many of you know, has said, hang on, things look good now. But don't start throwing that ticker tape parade down the Candy of Heroes just yet. I'm not knocking them. I'm not criticizing them. They're not good enough yet. That's what everybody has to realize. Don't fall in love and think that this team, once it matures for two or three years, is going to be Chateaubriand. It's not. It's not good enough. And it might be a killer <clears throat> hamburger and, and you know make the playoffs every year. It's not going to win a championship. Media response from Michael Kay. Let's bring in a guy who's actually been a Knicks head coach, had a tremendous success with the organization, and now is our lead NBA analyst. That's Jeff Van Gundy. He'll be on the call tomorrow night. We've got a double dip on ESPN tonight as well. All right, Jeff, uh, good morning. What do you think of Michael's comments, knowing the Knicks the way you do? Can't we just enjoy some success? <laughs> I'm with you. Like, do we have to, like, say they're not championship caliber? I think, I mean, Michael's absolutely right. They're not championship caliber, but they've been bad for a long period of time. So there is no skipping of steps. You don't go from bad to championship caliber. So I I think what they've done really well is they have no great player, but Randall's playing at a really high level. And then they have tremendous depth and whoever was in charge of the quickly pick uh, hit it out of the home run. Because when you get uh, a young player at 25 that immediately contributes from day one uh you've done a great job in in the draft and so they've got depth they've got uh they've done a good job with the draft with quickly and randall's playing uh as a really really good player and then uh thibodeau's influence on their defensive approach and intensity uh has been phenomenal they are really hard to score on I'm with you on that one, JVG. Um, let's talk about the Celtics for a second. Do you put more of the onus on Brad Stevens uh, from a coaching perspective or more so the fact that, hey, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, two All-Stars, they have to do more? I know they're missing Marcus Smart, but which one do you, do you, do you think deserves more? Well, I think it's a bunch of different things. I, I think it's injury. Uh, they're the opposite of the Knicks. They've had depletion of depth. Uh, Jeff Teague hasn't played uh, as they had hoped. Um, Marcus Smart, COVID protocols uh, have hurt dramatically. And then they've lost some heartbreaking games. Uh, The game they lost to New Orleans was an absolute heartbreaker to Dallas. In the next game, Doncic hitting two big threes. So, you know, I don't think there's really blame to go around. I think this is what happens when you have a lot of things happen to you and it shows you just how close the league is between being considered a championship caliber team and a 500 team. Coach, how about Kimba Walker? Has he looked the same to you? Do you feel like he's missing something? You know, when I watch him up until when he raises up to shoot, 
I don't notice a loss of quickness, uh, a handle. Like I was able to be a part of the World Cup staff and he was on the team. You're not going to get a more committed, caring uh, competitor. Like he's awesome. But when he raises up to shoot now, to me, the difference is the ball doesn't go in as much. And to me, he's, he looks like he's getting good looks. Um, he's still able with his handle to create space and separation. I don't know, notice anything he's actually lost physically other than, you know, he, he did have to sit out a lot of the year uh, or in the preparation for the year. Uh, he missed early games in the season. And this season is unforgiving, so maybe just still hasn't caught his rhythm. Uh, but I expect him to because, like I said, he's got as high a level of basketball character as you could hope for. But he does have to play better. When you don't have the depth that they've once had, you need your three best players, Tatum, Brown, and, and Walker, to be consistently good. Jeff Van Gundy, ESPN NBA analyst, former NBA head coach, calling the Mavs versus the Nets on Saturday, 8.30 p.m. on ABC. Coach, um, tell me how concerned I should be about my Lakers without Anthony Davis in the lineup. You should be as concerned as you think that injury is for what it may be be long-term or – if it's going to hobble him throughout the rest of the year, other than that, have no concern at all. Like people, I love when people say, um, man, they don't look good. What's wrong. You know, I know they're missing Anthony Davis, but yeah, they're missing Anthony Davis. Like that's the thing. This is a game of players. It's not a game of like, you know, what, what system do you run or what system do you run? Like any system Anthony Davis is in, it's a good system. And you put him and James, and they've also missed Schroeder lately. Like they're missing two of their best three players. They're and they're not a team of great depth. So, like they're going to struggle. Um, I, I, I would not be worried unless you think this is something that long term could could impair them. The one thing is though, Keyshawn is as Utah widens the lead, the path to winning a championship is going to be. Uh, more challenging because they're going to be a probably a two, three seed. That means they're going to have to go through the Clippers and Utah to win it all. And that's going to be, you know, that just makes it more precarious. Something you said there, coach, you said that they don't have a lot of depth. Is it now all of a sudden, is that lack of depth exposed now? Because prior to that, right? Everybody was saying, Oh, the Lakers got the depth. They got the depth. Now that AD is out and, and Schroeder has missed time. Are we now exposed from a depth standpoint? Well, I think any team would be right. If you lose your two of your, you know, your second and third best player, you're going to absolutely have some exposure, particularly over a long period of time, right? Durant's missed for Brooklyn, right? But they still have Kyrie and Harden. But if you took one of those two guys out as well, and you only had one, then they would be, um, you know, struggling too. And I think, you know, I, I know this is a football term. It, it initially was coined it, but it's one of the things that makes my stomach turn is when people say next man up. Like if the next man up was as good as the first man up, then he wouldn't be have to be the next man up. He's not as good. He's not paid as much. He's not supposed to be as good. And yet we expect them to perform at the same level. No, it doesn't work that way. Here, here's one for you, though. 
He's a backup for a reason. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Right? You, who was your, like, whoever your best backup was, right, like that you played, I mean, that played behind you, he in the short term could probably produce at a great rate. But you ask him over a long period of time, a long stretch of games, to bring that same consistency of production, there's no chance. Yeah. Because, like you said, he's a backup for a reason. And that's not a knock. Like, to be even a backup in the NBA, you've got to be a great, great talent and have great accomplishments. But to bring every night consistency, people, I, I, again, this is another one. If only we were more consistent or if only he was more consistent. Yeah, if that was true, then they'd be great. If they could be consistent every night with production, then they'd be a great player because that's what great players do. Mm. Coach, who's your leader for MVP right now at the halfway point? Um, I, I would just say there's a probably a bucket full. Like, you know, I think to rush the judgment on this, I, I, I like what Embiid's done. Um, uh, James... Uh, and Ted Kumpo, I know everybody now that he's not the flavor of the month, so you can't say that. But he, him, uh, who else am I missing? I'm missing LeBron, a bunch of guys, LeBron, I'm sure. LeBron, LeBron's in that conversation. I said, yeah, Jane, yeah. Um, you know, Doncic, I, I would, you know, I don't think he played as well early in the year, but now he's playing a lot better. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that we need to revamp our rewards in the NBA. I think there should be a best player award. Like, who's the best player? Forget all the MVP, because then it gets all misconstrued. Who do you think the best player is? You know, like, who's played the best? Who's been the best player this year? And to me, there's a number of guys having really good years. I'll tell you who's, who's climbing the charts is James Harden again. Like, James Harden, like, you know, I don't know how you guys felt about how he – uh, you know, got his way to uh, Brooklyn, but the the way he's playing, he, he, he just reminds you of why they were so good for so long. You know, like he is just a spectacular player. He, he scores, he passes, he's got great hands defensively. Even though he's not a great defender, but he can he can steal the ball. He's got good anticipation. I mean, I the guy has been on a mesmerizing role right now. Jeff, always keeping it real. Really appreciate the perspective and the cliche busting. I'm a sportscaster by trade, so I love the cliches, but you make a lot of sense. Some of these things are really stupid. Thank you very much. Please, please, please don't use the word culture the rest of the day. Please. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, it's a great culture around here, Coach. <laughs> oh, I, hey, you know what? Isn't it funny how every NBA team that LeBron goes to automatically has a great culture because they win every game? Like, I, I mean, it just oh. – drives me crazy but anyway you guys have a great rest of the day thank you jeff we'll see you tomorrow night on the call of the mavericks and the nets 8 30 eastern on abc double dip tonight on espn pacers and the celtics who really need to turn it around and then uh the blazers and the lakers so key will be locked in after tom and jerry to watch the lakers tonight on espn jerry baby and as you heard um jeff say he is all over james harden the nets are hoping james harden continues to get in the zone i guess stay in the zone too. get in the zone brought to you by autozone get in the zone autozone one more nba note coming up today on first take 10 a.m eastern on espn zion williamson will join the trio so zion today first take on espn on the way we're 16 days away from the bracket and the eventual sweet 16 our resident college hoops expert 
The guy that used to be with Jay for years and years weighs in on everything you need to know with Selection Sunday coming. Keyshawn, Jay Will Zubin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. As good as Gonzaga is, a team like Michigan can give them big-time yep. trouble. This is a potential national championship team. We need to start talking about this Michigan team in the same conversation with Baylor and Gonzaga. Wow. This is Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. And Irving with the steal. He got up there and then thought about it. And he put it down cleanly as the Nets extend their lead. That's Ian Eagle on the Yes Network. Not only did they extend their lead, wow, when it was all said and done... It was a 37-point win, 129-92 Nets over the Magic. They've now scored 120 points, at least in 20 different games this season. Big one, Mavs-Nets tomorrow, 8.30 Eastern on ABC. Double dip tonight, featuring the Pacers, Celtics, Blazers, Lakers to end it. Great news here for Tiger Woods as he continues his slow march back. He was transferred to Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles from Harbor, UCLA, Medical Center in Torrance, California. Why is that so important? Cedar sinai has a renowned sports medicine institute, and the biggest athletes, the biggest entertainers, they have procedures done at this place, top shelf in the world, for what some consider to be the top golfer of all time. We wish him the best. Black history always. This Sunday, February 28th, marking the 33rd anniversary of the Jamaican bobsled team, later immortalized in the feature film Cool Runnings, They debuted at the Winter Olympics in Calgary. At least one Jamaican men's sled competed in every Olympics from 88 to 02, got back in 14, had a top 15 finish, and I think we're still waiting for our first snowflake to fall in Jamaica. So this is a pretty amazing accomplishment. Sports Center presented by Progressive Insurance. The drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Kevin Connors, Dick Vitale, and our next guest in order, Seth Greenberg, joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. ESPN College Basketball Analyst, he's brought to you by Wendy's, proud sponsor of the 2021 John R. Wooden Men's and Women's Player of the Year. Of course, Jay won the award in 02. They've been handing out the men's awards in 77 and since 04. They've been also handing out the Women's Player of the Year, which is an outstanding as well. Okay, Coach, so exactly what you said is what I was thinking. Gonzaga-Baylor won two most of the season, but with the way that Michigan is closing after the three-week pause, they've just been dynamite coming off the pause. You said it. They need to be in the conversation with Gonzaga and Baylor. Why? 
Well, first of all, I know that it was something intelligent if you agree with me. Now, if Keyshawn agreed with me, I'd kind of worry about it a little bit. But because you agreed with me, I feel better about the decision. Gosh, already? I didn't Throwing even do shots anything. shots out of the gate. I didn't even do anything, Coach. I'm minding my own business just thinking about Jay Will and his Michigan State UConn days. Is, uh, you know, that's all. He compared me to Mateen Cleave, Coach. Hey, I'm wearing, I'm wearing this basement. I'm wearing this basement. In honor of my man, Jay Will. The trophies aren't behind you today, Jay Will. But uh, look, when you think yeah, about Michigan, there. you think about Baylor, you think about Gonzaga, you think about Michigan. Uh, what Michigan, what doesn't Michigan have that those two teams have? They're elite top five offensive and defensive efficiency, which is incredible. All right? They've got four gamers all over the floor. They've got terrific guard play. They've got the immovable object in Hunter Dickinson. They are so poised, so balanced offensively, defensively, so connected defensively. They share the ball. They have shot makers, and they handle adversity seamlessly. I mean, they come off of that pause. They're down at the half against Wisconsin. They come out and drop 40 against Wisconsin in a half, 40 holding to 20 to win going away. They play an Iowa team. Luca Garza is probably going to be player of the year. All right, Hunter Dickinson guards him head up. No help, a little bit of help maybe from the top scraping down. All right. He goes six for 19. All right. And they win the game going away. Jay, well, you always used to say this, and I'm starting to believe it a little bit and kind of lean towards you. Gonzaga, they haven't played anyone. They barely were beating Santa Clara mm-hmm. at the half yesterday. Now, look, they, they took over the game and they're beating people, but they haven't been pushed. They haven't been challenged in months. Baylor coming off a pause. They are a the most connected defensive team I've seen since UNLV back in the day. But at times they can get stuck offensively. This Michigan team is as balanced offensively and defensively as any team in the country, and they are in the conversation and as good as the two aforementioned Baylor and Gonzaga. Notorious B-E-R-G. Is Juwan Howard the coach of the year? Because the job he's done is phenomenal with this unit. Jay, well, I, in, in my mind, not even a question about it. He's coaching the year. Because think about before the season, you had Gonzaga and Baylor. They were 1-2 preseason. That was expected of them. And they fulfilled their legacy. They fulfilled, fulfilled the expectation. Michigan wasn't in that conversation. To me, you give the coach of the year to, to the coach that takes his team and gets them to a level that was unexpected. You get give the coach of the year to a team that maximizes his team potential. Look, they lose Xavier Simpson who was the leader of that team last year, who was a terrific on-ball defender, all right? They lose him. They lose Teske, their front-court rim protector. They take Michael Smith, who transferred from Columbia. He's been not good. He's been phenomenal, phenomenal. Play starter, playmaker, shot maker, defends the ball, tough, unselfish. They take a freshman in Hunter Dickinson, all right? And the job that the staff at Michigan's done with Hunter Dickinson is absolutely terrific. He steps into the highest level of college basketball, He's a seven-footer that is comfortable in his own skin. He wants to play on the block. You double him. He's a terrific passer out of double teams, which Juwan is spacing to play out of double teams. It might be the best in college basketball. What they did to Ohio State and those double teams was clinical. And then you have Wagner, all right, who to me is just maybe has the best floor game in college basketball at 6'9", and Livers, every time he shoots it, you think it's going in. They utilize their bench. They are extremely unselfish. You can see they have joy for each other's successes. What 
what Juwan Howard's done, not only just with this team, but with the program and with the feeling about the program, and you can see these kids really love playing with each other. He's my coach of the year. It's hands down. Seth, I want to talk about Brad Underwood's Illini fighting team. And, um, you know, Ayo DeSuma is out indefinitely with this facial fracture. How big of a loss? I mean, he, he's one, he was competing against Luca Garza for National Player of the Year, in my opinion. But yeah. can you explain to us how big of a loss that is for the fighting Illini? It's a huge loss in, in, if he doesn't come back. And actually, in the short term, Jay Will, and tell me if you agree with this, because you know, you've been on teams like, you know, with, with I would assume, well, I agree with you. I think he has to be in the conversation player. He's the best closer in college basketball. He's the Mariano Rivera of college basketball. At the end of the game, he takes over. But because he's out, all right, Andre Cabrillo's got to have a bigger role. As a freshman, he's played a ton of minutes, but now the ball's in his hands. He's a playmaker. Miller, Adam Miller, all right, has to have a bigger role. He's got to be more consistent. You know Trent Frazier's going to give you great minutes. You know Kofi Coburn is going to dominate the paint. But with the sumo out all of a sudden for a couple of games, you're going to have two freshmen. Their roles are going to change significantly. And as their roles change, they're going to have greater ownership in what they're doing. It's not like, oh, you know what, Iowa's going to bail us out. So I think if it's just a couple of games, I think actually this team has an opportunity to grow some, develop greater depth. And then when Iowa comes back, they're going to be that much better. This is an Elite Eight team. They're a solid defensive team. They've improved defensively. They keep it in front. They don't take give up splits. They're not spread out as far. Kofi Coburn's like baby Shaq, man. I mean, like the dude is – he carves out space. I mean, he's like baby Shaq. I mean, he finishes everything around the basket. He rebounds every miss like it's a pass off the backboard. The sumo's phenomenal. Trent Frazier's got a toughness about him and a maturity about him. And Brad Edwards done a great job. So they're for real. I actually think in the short term, this might help them for the long term. They got three monster games that they really need IU for, but they may not have them at Wisconsin, then at number three, Michigan, at number four, Ohio State yeah. to end the season. And by the way, Michigan started the season at 25th, bottom of the pole. They might end up at the top when all is said and done. Seth, thank you very much. We're looking forward to March 14th, Selection Sunday, and we'll see you on College Game Day tomorrow. Can't wait. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, coach. You got it. That's Seth Greenberg joining all us right, on the Goodyear Hotline. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Seth and all of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. On the way, stop me if you've heard this before. Kyrie got a little introspective. But this time around, Jay's got some interesting thoughts on what Kyrie said. What did Irving say? And what does Jay think? We'll have it all. As good as Gonzaga is, a team like Michigan can give them big-time yep. trouble. This is a potential national championship team. We need to start talking about this Michigan team in the same conversation with Baylor and Gonzaga. Wow. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Just speaking the truth as always. I'm the facts guy. Uh, hey, man. Oh, this is springtime music right here, Key. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's coming. Driving on that West Side Highway, yeah. We'll be in March next week. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by mm. Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Highlands. So we had some fun there throughout the course of the show, just talking about life. But on a more serious note, Talking about life. This is Kyrie Irving. The Nets are playing great basketball. They've won eight in a row. They're just filling up the cup every night. But Kyrie's played on three different NBA teams. And he said over the course of his career, he's learned a lot by playing basketball. But a lot of that has nothing to do with basketball. What I learned from those experiences was if you're not enjoying the journey and you're not committed the way that you would like to be committed and, and I mean, every day, you know, even when you're tired, even when you're having good days, bad days. And, you know, you got to be able to galvanize the group, the balance of leadership, you know, and, and there isn't one leader, you know, and I've had to accept that, too. It's not on me to lead the group by myself and be the hero that everybody wants to because that's what America is. That's what this world is. They love to build you up, love to tear your right down. And I'm grateful to be in this position to be able to set a better example now. Um, than I did then. You see, th- this is what I think he was talking about, Key. You know, when, when Kai was in Cleveland, LeBron was that guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that the media made, like he's the only leader. And I think even if LeBron, little things referring to him as, you know, we got to get the kid, right? I don't think Kyrie felt like he was seen as an equal to LeBron James, even though he made that game seven winning shot. You then... Fast forward where he's like, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to be the leader of my own team. The way LeBron leads, he goes to Boston, and it doesn't really work out that way, right? I, him and Brad Stevens never seem to get on the same page. He also talks about one of the biggest things is trust. I think they were teammates on that team that started leaking different things to the media. I think some of that onus is on Kyrie. Also, some of that onus is on the franchise as well. It doesn't work out, right? I think he now goes to... Brooklyn, this is the evolution of Kyrie, but he goes to Brooklyn with other guys that have been quote-unquote exiles. Like think for KD, KD didn't win it. Even though he was back-to-back finals MVP, it was Steph Curry's team. James Harden had to force his way out of Houston, right, because it didn't work out. He was considered to be the villain. He now comes to Brooklyn like all these guys are exiles. That's why I think they're the new bad boys of the NBA because they're banned. They all feel like they can rock out together and they, they see each other as equals. And that trusting is interesting, man. Like, I've been on a lot of teams where there wasn't trust between me and my teammate. And that's the festers. That leaks into the locker room. You know, you might feel a certain way about guys. I know guys on my own team sabotage me, would pass me the ball with a second left on the shot clock. <laughs> so all of a sudden, my stats ended up being two for 13, right? And you're like, well, damn, 60% of the shots I took were with two seconds left on the shot clock. Hold on. So you start doing that to other people. And, and think about, like, you never build the right camaraderie. So I think... That's the version of Kyrie Irving that we're seeing right now, a guy who understands who he is and how he needs to lead with the other leaders on his team. 
I just, I don't know, man. I, you know, and that's why you asked me, Jay. I see why you asked me how many teammates in my past that I actually fooled with when I was in the locker room. Um, I, I don't know. For me, I just, I never really tripped off who was getting the attention. Who, I, it didn't bother me. I don't care. That ain't got nothing to do with me. I, I'm doing me. You know, I feel like I'm cold regardless. I don't care who it is. And so I look at professional athletes that that have these insecurities at times and wonder why. I don't know. I never could understand why as a professional athlete you have an insecurity when you when you are balling, you playing, you getting paid, your family is healthy and all good, you win a championship. So I don't really it's hard for me to understand the insecurity part of it. I understand, yeah, LeBron James may have been calling may have referred to Kyrie as the kid, but I'm not, okay, I'm the kid, whatever, man. I don't, I don't have to mess with you. I'm just messing with you on the court. When but we leave, can't. we don't have to go to dinner. So but, I, it's hard for me, even KD to a degree. Like KD is like one of my favorite NBA players, but I'm winning championships and MVP trophies. Man, I don't care if y'all say this is Steph Curry's team. I make $300 million. Man, I don't give a damn about y'all. And then as far as James Harden go, James Harden did what he needed to do to get to a better situation. And all three of these guys come together in Brooklyn. And now the question will become, when is this going to implode? If it does implode, which I don't think it will, because I don't think it imploded in in the other spots except the fact that the media created something that was bigger than what it really truly was. And and if you pay attention to that sort of devilish act, then you're going to have those issues come up. If they didn't never dive into the Kyrie situation and continue to add on top and on and on and on, it's like the one time LeBron hit the one shot and Kyrie was underneath his armpits. Remember that? Yeah. And the first thing everybody, rewind and rewind and see, he passed him over and high-fived the other guy. He didn't really want to high-five Kyrie. Kyrie was trying to jump on him and LeBron ignored him. I'm like, man, LeBron is celebrating and the tall dude is next to him so he can see him clearly. But like, football is so different though, Key. Like you had to rock out with your quarterback you weren't really, or your coaches. You weren't really relying upon people on the defensive side of the ball or what other wide receivers did or your running backs. Basketball I need all. I need the four of the teammates on the on the floor. Like we're all. Like my success is based upon their success too. So if stuff like that happens, or if somebody takes the media the wrong way, it's easy for that to leak into the locker room. It's easy for that to leak on to, onto the court as well. No, it, it it leaks into the locker room in the NFL, but you don't have to. I guess you don't have to pay attention to it. Is what I'm saying. Like okay. I dealt with a handful of my teammates on every single team. Four to five guys that I dealt with on a daily basis, whether we traveled together, we had meals. The other 50, 48 or so guys or whatever, I ain't, I'm like, I deal with you at the facility. If I see you out high and by, I kept it moving. Yeah, but imagine if you have 13 or 14. I mean, Then that, I'm going to deal with two guys, you, you, and I'm going to keep exactly. it moving. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's just different strokes for different folks. Indeed. We'll keep it moving as well. We'll continue to monitor the situation I mean, the Nets are playing outstanding basketball, but as Kyrie has always shown, he's I'm about sorry. much more than they, just basketball. They are the best offense, offensive team in the history of the record books for the NBA right now. With the history. Jay out. 
Come on. I love that. You know who would hit those shots? <laughs> the next man up. Key's got a Russell Wilson trade you've got to hear about.